0: Thanks for tuning in to this week's podcast. If you'd like to know more about our ministry, you can check us out on the web at hillsideassembly.org. You're about to hear a message from our current message series, and I hope you open your heart and mind to hear a word from God today.
1: Well, good morning. Okay, look, I know it's gloomy outside. Everybody's been tired all weekend. We can do better than that. Good morning. Good morning. Oh, that sounds good. It sounds like you like you want to be here. That's always good. And so it's great to have you here at Hillside today. My name is Eric. I'm the lead pastor here. Whether you're joining us in person or online today, it's great to have you with us. Uh, God wants to do something great in your life and uh, if you're a guest with us online, please visit our website, hillsideassembly.org. You'll find out lots of information about us there. If you're a guest here in the building with us today, uh, we do have a small table out in the foyer. We'd love for you to pick up a couple gifts before you leave and get to know a couple of our leaders before you leave church today, and and just so we can contact you later this week and check in on you and answer any questions that you might have. Uh, We'll give you the opportunity to give at the end of service. You can do so in our giving box in the foyer. Now, I need to prep you, all right, for disappointment. Jeb is not with us today. I I know, I know he will be, he's on special assignment this week uh, because we're going to do a church update. Uh, We just realized time is of the essence today. So Jeb will return next week with one of our ministry partners. Uh, We've got something really neat planned for next week. So you'll see Jeb next week. Before we go into worship, uh, I wanted to share one thing with you. We've been praying for the Powell family who have had a very rough road the last few weeks. And uh, if you brought cards today, you can drop those in the basket out there. We'll mail that uh, all out this week to Brandon and Rachel. But Brandon did send out an email last Sunday, and I wanted to share it with you. Is that okay if I share just a small portion of this? Brandon wrote, you had our backs. We can't thank you all enough for interceding for our family and lifting us up to God. Last week, Rachel almost lost her life due to internal bleeding. However, this morning, she led over 40 nations in a powerful time of worship. You can see that on their Facebook page. Rachel feels 100% better. We've broken down in tears many times in the past few weeks after coming home from the hospital realizing how different things could have turned out. And today we have yet another reason to sing of God's faithfulness. This morning, church, would you stand to your feet as we're getting ready to go to worship? I want to pray for the Powell family, but you know what? This is a family that has been under the gun, under attack the last few weeks, an immense amount of pressure. Yet the Spirit moved, healed Rachel, and led 40 nations in worship last week. If what Rachel had been through, if she can still stand for the King and worship Him. This morning, we can stand and worship our God, because He is faithful. Would you join me in prayer, and then Mike's going to lead us in a song. Lord, we give you praise, glory, and honor this morning. Lord, many here this morning bodies are weak. We've had quite a week. It's been crazy, all the things that we've gone through. But in this moment, we lay all that down to step into your presence and spend time with you, You've come to this place today to meet with us. So Lord, we lift our voices in praise and worship. We open our ears to hear a word from the Lord. And God, we want our lives to be changed and transformed before we leave this place. Lord, I pray that your power would be on display today in many amazing ways in people's lives. We pray for healing for so many this morning that are struggling. God, we thank you that you are faithful, that you are alive and well. And Lord, just like last week, you are on the loose, ready to do something in people's lives. If you believe that this morning, would you say amen? amen. Mike, would you lead us in worship today?
2: We don't often think of Moses as being a songwriter, but in Deuteronomy 31:30, this is what the song of Moses And Moses recited the words of this song from beginning to end in the hearing of the whole assembly of Israel. And I'd like to share a few of those lines from Deuteronomy 32. I will proclaim the name of the Lord. Oh, praise the greatness of our God. He is the rock. His works are perfect and all his ways are just. A faithful God who does no wrong Upright and just is he What holds your heart What stirs your soul What matters comes to mind? The cares you keep, the thoughts you think, it's not all wasted time, seek and you will find, joy still comes in the morning, hope still walks with the hurting, dreaming. There's still good news worth repeating. So lift your hand and keep singing. Praise the Lord. The years roll by. Day, day, day. The child inside, we left for growing old. Awake, 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 my soul. Joy still comes in the morning, hope still walks with the hurting. You're still alive and There's still good news worth repeating So lift your head and keep singing Praise the Lord Let everything, let everything, let everything Praise the Lord Let everything, every one of you Let everything, praise the Lord Let everything, let everything, let everything, let everything everything, let everything, that everything praise the Lord. In the working, in the waiting, come on and praise the Lord. In the blessing, in the breaking, come on and praise the Lord. In the dying, the rising, let it praise the Lord. Still comes in the morning Hope still Walks with the hurting if you're still alive And breathing Praise the Lord Don't stop Dancing and dreaming There's still good news Worth repeating So lift your head And keep singing Praise the Lord Let's sing it again Joy still comes in the morning Still walks with the hurting If you're still alive and breathing Praise the Lord Don't stop dancing and dreaming There's still good news worth repeating So lift your head and keep singing Praise the Lord Let's give the Lord a thank offering. praise
1: Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. You can be seated this morning. Mike and the worship team will be back at the end of our service to lead us in an extended time of worship. Uh, we say this quite often, but just to, if you're new here, one of the reasons we, we do our main worship at the end, our main set at the end, is we want to give opportunity and time for us to actually take what God speaks to us, process it, before we walk out the doors And uh, the way we kind of did church before it really never gave us an opportunity to do that. And we leave the building and we get on with our life on Sunday and and we miss the opportunity of really figuring out how to apply what God has said to us. And so we want to make sure we give you that opportunity today. Before I go into the message, what I'd like to do is do our church update. I want to get all the news out of the way and then focus in on God's word. Is that okay to do? Okay, well, well, that's what we're doing. (laughs) So... Uh, I guess get on board. Uh, So I know you're tired. Come on, just stretch your arms out like this. I know it's silly, but come on. I don't want you falling asleep in service. God wants to speak to you. Uh, And so I want to talk about a couple updates that we've got. The first one is there's a possibility of seeing some changes come to the worship experience in May. Uh, Some of those things might be uh, service guidelines and guidelines for ministry in the building. Uh, We're looking at the possibility of going back to one combined service at the end of May. Uh, And if we do that, What time that service will be. We'll let you know in advance. It's not like we're going to pull something on a one Sunday morning and go, oh, sorry, you missed it. We'll make sure to tell you in advance if we go back to one service when that time time would be. Uh, So just look for that information in the coming weeks. Uh, We'd like to launch uh, nursery and kids ministry by the end of May. And we're also looking at the potential of launching Sunday morning grow groups as well. Uh, in May. So some great things to look forward to. One of the reasons we're doing this, not, this isn't, this doesn't, everything that we're doing is not determined on this, but one of my main goals is to give everyone an opportunity that wants to take uh, a COVID vaccine to be able to have the opportunity to do that, and in the meantime, still be able to, to be able to come and enjoy church. Now, I want to be very clear, because someone will take that and run the wrong way. I'm not telling you, you have to get a vaccine, that is a decision for you, your family, and between you and God to make. Uh, We're not going to card you at the door. We're not going to take your temperatures at the door. I think that we're all grown up enough to be able to do that. But for those who want to be able to get the vaccine, we want to give you that opportunity to be able to do that and still enjoy church services. Uh, So let's talk about uh, a couple other things that are coming up. Uh, We're going to need to do some updates to the building. And so in the next few weeks, you're going to see a few things Uh, As we've been tootling and doing things in the building, we've realized there are a lot of things that are not up to code in the building uh, and potentially had some very serious issues. And so we're bringing all those things up to code. Some of that is some electrical that was done. Uh, In the sanctuary itself, we're going to be doing some updates in the weeks ahead. Electric is one of those. Lights is one of those. Uh, they're not on right now because when they're on, we get radio stations and all sorts of stuff. But these lights that run down the sides, uh, a lot of them don't work. We're changing those out for something that'll work and no longer have those issues. And and these beautiful lights here are going to go away because your pastor is tired of feeling like a rotisserie chicken on Sunday morning. So uh, those are going away. We're going to get something that works uh, and doesn't cook you when you sit up here and preach. And so look for those changes uh, in the near future. Also, we're going to need to do some work on the exterior of the building, some masonry work on our brick. It's just the maintenance that has to happen when you have a brick building. So that'll be happening. And here's some dates to look forward to. Anybody want something to look forward to? Yeah, yeah. All right. Again, four people excited about that. The rest of you, you'll get on board. It'll be Okay. Uh, it's Friday, May 14th at 7 p.m., we are kicking off our outdoor worship nights. Uh, it's going to be great. It's going to be, uh, again, Friday, May 14th. It's going to be kind of a festival atmosphere is kind of what we're shooting for. Uh, Mike and I talked this week. We're looking at four different worship teams that night, uh, four different sets. We're going to do an intermission in the middle. We may even do some bagged up popcorn, that kind of stuff. You can come and just bring your lawn chairs, all that kind of stuff. It'll be great. It'll be fun. And hopefully it's great weather. But if not, we know how to worship in the rain. So it's all good. Uh, So really looking forward to that. This next announcement is the most important one that we'll make all summer long. Uh, it's, It's crucial to where God wants to take us. I think many of you are on the same page as me. You sense God wanting to do something greater in our community. He is on the hunt for souls. And he has called this church to be a part of that. And for us to get to the next step that we need to get to, prayer has got to be a focus. So this morning, we're announcing two initiatives when it comes to prayer that we'd like you to help us out with. The first one is prayer and praise miles. This starts today. We're challenging you to take your prayer and praise to the streets of your community. Slap on some headphones, walk the streets, just engage in some worship as you walk through our community or your community, if you don't live here in Ripon, and pray. Pray for God's power to be unleashed. Pray for people to have open hearts to receive the message God wants. Pray for our churches to stand up, preach the word of God, and engage with our communities. And here's the goal we're setting. I believe our church, by the end of fall, can do 2,500 prayer miles. Could you imagine? 2,500 miles of praise and worship. 2,500 miles of prayer for God to move in our city. What might God do if we do this? I think it's going to be great. Along with that, we're going to do group prayer on Wednesdays. This starts April 21st, so not this Wednesday, but next Wednesday, between 6.30 and 7.30, we would love for you to come to the campus here and pray. And you can come and pray in a group with someone else uh, or a couple people. You can pray in the building anywhere you want. You can walk the halls, go to a room, sit here in the sanctuary, walk outdoors and pray. But to have people on this campus, a dedicated time each week for one hour praying with the focus being this, God, we want to see you move in our city. And Lord, help us to reach the people that need to be reached. At the end of that group night, every, time, every night, what we'll do at 725, we will meet back here in the sanctuary for anybody who wants to, and we'll close the night out praying for our worship experiences, that God would move in this place, and that the fire that he unleashes would not be contained in the building, but would go back to our homes, our workplaces, and our campuses. Anybody else excited about this? Yeah. So it's going to be great. We'd love for you to be a part of that. A couple other quick things, guys, and we'll get into the Word of God. Summer camps are upon us, senior high, junior high, and kids camp. Those dates are in your bulletin right here, along with all the things we've announced today. So if you're questioning dates or when or what, it's all right here. But all those different camps are listed. This is the crucial part. Camps, you have to register online this year. There is no paperwork version or, or way to register for camp. Pam is willing to help you. This is my beautiful wife, Pam, in the front, if you don't know. Uh, She would love to help you get your kids or students registered for camp. However, you need to see her by May 23rd to get that done, as well as scholarships. Any student that wants to go to camp, we want to make that a reality. But you need to come talk to us by May 23rd. Now, that's over a month, okay? You've got plenty of time. Please don't dilly dally. Do that. Whether you're online with us or here, just call us at the office. We'll set up a time to meet you, get your kids registered, but please do it before May 23rd. And then a huge date, which I'm desperately looking forward to, Sunday, August 15th, we're going old school. We're going back to the old tent revival service. We're going to have a special tent meeting service for that Sunday, followed by the church picnic and the beanbag tournament, the annual beanbag tournament, because Adrian and Hannah cannot hold onto that trophy for any longer, all right? All right. They had it for an extra year. It's time that they get beat. Uh, And so we're going to have a great day on Sunday, August 15th. This is a great opportunity. Invite your friends to church for that great service. It's going to be amazing. Uh, As far as midweek kids and youth programs, we're hoping to launch those in September, and we'll have some special announcements as we get closer to that date about what that will look like. One final thing before we get into God's Word today, and and Nancy, one of our board members, would like to come and share that uh, announcement with you this morning. So, Nancy, would you come?
0: Hi, I'm, as Pastor said, I'm Nancy Nichols, and I'm a board member here at Hillside. And a year ago, in a board meeting, we determined that pastor was due for a sabbatical. So a, a sabbatical is a time of rest. According to our bylaws, our pastor is to take a eight-week sabbatical after Five years. Pastor has been here five years already. So, and during the time of the eight weeks, Joe, Pastor Joe Pavia, will be joining us to fill in the pulpit. And he was here when um, before Pastor came. So, so anyway. Um, also, just remember our pastor and family wife and family and prayer during that time and that he would get the rest and refreshing in the time with his family that is needed. So let's just pray for our pastor right now and, and Pam and and Riley and just if you want to you can just reach out your hand to them. Father, I just thank you that we can come to you. And Father, I just pray in the name of Jesus for strength And a time of um, refreshing for Pastor and Pam and Riley. And may they have a wonderful time, a family time together. And as Pastor is refreshed, that you would just continue to anoint him and speak to his heart how you would direct him, Lord. And I just thank you for our Pastor and Pam and Riley, Lord. I just pray now and these things in your name. Amen.
1: Amen. Thank you, Nancy, for sharing that this morning. Hey, look, I, I know this. If you give the devil an inch, he likes to take a mile. And I want to be really clear. We're not using this eight weeks. We're not, we're not itinerating. We're not going to places. I, I'm not doing ministry for eight weeks. Um, this last year has been exhausting. Great, but exhausting. I'm a lot grayer today than I was a year ago. And I know where God wants to take us. And for us to be able to get there and for me to be able to lead effectively through there, I have to take this time for me and my family. And so I appreciate your prayers. You guys are going to have a great time. The board is prepped, ready to rock and roll, handle any issues that come up, uh, which there won't be any, guys. I'm sure there won't be any. Um, But they're ready to handle that. And then Joel Pavia will be handling Sunday morning ministry here. And uh, Pastor Joel is excited about coming Uh, to see the transformation that's happened over the last five years, uh, and to fill this pulpit. He's guaranteed me one thing. When he comes, he's going to bring the Word of God every week with him. And so uh, we're looking forward to that time. And uh, I want to thank some of our ministry partners too. Uh, They've really helped us. Uh, I've got several retreats lined up that I'm going to for free. Uh, They're paying for me to get away and paying for my wife and and I to get away in some cases uh, during this time. And so thank you again, church, just for loving on us, giving this opportunity for us to rest so we can go to the next level together. Amen? Amen. Well, hey, we want to get into God's Word. We're in a series called Just Like Jesus. Uh, And this morning's passage is one that is challenging. And it's challenging for us that are disciples of Jesus because it's about correction. And there's a great deal of weight with it this morning. So before I start reading the Scripture and preaching this morning, I'd like to pray. Because I feel like there's this razor edge this morning that we're on. Um, go too far and, and, and bring my own personal opinions and perspective, and, and this thing is lost. And don't go far enough, and it doesn't do what God wants it to do. And so I've wrestled with this all week, and I just want to pray together. We're in this together this morning. And so let's hear what God wants to say. Lord, we thank you for the power of your word. Lord, as it's preached, I pray it is so done so effectively. Lord, I don't want the words to be spoken to be mine but words engaged by your Holy Spirit that bring to light the passages passages that we're reading today. Lord, when you bring correction to your people, Lord, it is for purpose, and it's really for the purpose of uplifting. It's not to scold us. Lord, it's to bring discipline into our lives that we may be more effective in our relationship with you and our relationship with others and the mission that you have us on as a church. So, Lord, in the next few moments, would you anoint this time my words but, Lord, also the ears that are hearing. And, Lord, we don't want to just hear. We want to listen and apply your word to our life. In Jesus' name, amen. We're looking at Mark chapter 9, starting in verse 38. If you've got a Bible, you can turn there. If you've got it on your phone, you can bring that up on your app. We also have it available for you on the screens, I believe. So Mark chapter 9, starting in verse 38. John said to Jesus, teacher, we saw someone using your name to cast out demons, but we told him to stop because he wasn't in our group. Don't stop him, Jesus said. Can you just sense like the moment where Jesus just wants to pull out his hair? Don't stop him, Jesus said. No one who performs a miracle in my name will soon be able to speak evil of me. Anyone who is not against us is for us. If anyone gives you even a cup of water because you belong to the Messiah, I tell you the truth, that person will surely be rewarded. But if you cause one of these little ones who trusts me to fall into sin, it would be better for you to be thrown into the sea with a large millstone hung around your neck. Jesus is getting serious, all right? There's some weight to this. Verse 43, Uh, if your hand causes you to sin, cut it off. It's better to enter eternal life with only one hand than to go into the unquenchable fires of hell with two hands. If your foot causes you to sin, cut it off. It's better for you to enter life with only one foot than to be thrown into hell with two feet. And if your eye causes you to sin, gouge it out. It's better to enter the kingdom of God with only one eye than to have two eyes and be thrown into hell where the maggots never die and the fire never goes out. For everyone will be tested with fire. Everyone will be tested with fire. Salt is good for seasoning, but if it loses its flavor, how do you make it salty again? You must have qualities of salt among yourselves. Let me say that to you personally this morning. You must have qualities of salt among you, in you. You must have qualities of salt among yourselves and live in peace with each other. Before I start taking this scripture apart and go a little deeper into diving into this passage, I'd like to share just a few other scriptures to help us get the context of where we're going today. Ephesians chapter 6 verse 12 says this, we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in in this dark world and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. Side note for John, the disciple, not John who's sitting in service today. We're not fighting each other. That's not who we're called to fight. So who is this enemy that we should be fighting? First Peter 5.8 says, Be alert and sober in mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour. And in John 10.10, 10, it says, The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. Jesus came that they may have life, And have it to the full. Thank goodness. While there is an enemy out to steal, kill, and destroy, Jesus came to give you and our community and everybody living in Wisconsin life more abundantly, life to the full. But you can't live that if you don't know that. Last week was Easter. How many of you enjoyed the Easter service? God was here. He was moving. It was great. And Easter reminds us of the hope that we have. And hopefully we're living Easter each and every, every day of our life. Hopefully we come on Sunday mornings remembering Easter all the time. It points to the hope that you and I have in Jesus Christ. That yes, he did die, but the Lord raised him from the dead. That resurrection power is alive and well, and it's here today for us. But in the same way that Easter reminds us of our hope, it also reminds the devil of his defeat. It was Easter where I think the devil realized that he's not going to win. Up to that point, he really thought, I think, he could win. He could beat God. Somehow, some way, he could get it done. But in his moment where he thought he was victorious, Jesus said, nah, it's, it's time for me to go and get out, of the, get out of the grave. And in that moment, he realized he lost. So his mission changed. He's got a new mission. It's not out for victory. It's out to kill, to kill your spiritual growth, to steal God's promises and blessings from you and destroy the mission, witness, and the credibility of his church. He is dedicated to it. He's behind it 110%, and the church cannot fall into the traps the enemy lays for us. Anytime he comes along to distract us, to take our focus off of what Jesus says is a priority, the devil looks at that as a win. Absolutely a liar. See, the church tends to focus on all of the external battles happening. We tend to look at our culture and, and the evil things of this world and all those things that are happening out there. But Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. See, all these outside pressures that the church feels right now are distractions from the enemy. The devil knows he can't beat us from the outside. So the devil's goal is to get us to turn on each other inside the church. We'll attack each other. If we can tear each other apart, devil goes, gotcha, gotcha. Because the minute that we start doing that, a church that begins to attack itself, guess what happens? It stops the spiritual growth. He kills the spiritual growth in that church. He steals God's promises and blessings, just not from the people that attend that church, but from the community that church is called to serve. And he destroys the mission and the witness and the credibility of the church. The devil loves to get the church to panic. And when the church panics, we get disoriented. We can't tell up from down, left from right. And when we're panicked and we're disoriented, then he comes in and divides us. Let me illustrate this this morning. Anybody ever gone scuba diving here? Oh, great. Awesome. Uh, Me either. (laughs) But my stepdad was a scuba diver. Uh, and he loved to do that for many years. So I've learned some lessons from him. I also just recently watched a couple documentaries on this. And so there's a couple things to be taken from deep-sea diving. The deeper you go, the more dangerous it becomes. As you go deeper, further away from the surface, the more dangerous it can become. And as you go to these deeper, darker places, and especially if you're scuba diving uh, in shipwrecks or in caves, It's amazing what begins to happen because they say that your mind can begin to play some really crazy tricks on you. And and as you get to go down, lower, and lower, you can actually get disoriented not be able to figure out up, down, left, right. you're, You're totally confused, disoriented. You'll swim in the wrong direction. You begin to panic. And some people, when they panic, will actually spit out or take out the regulator, the very thing giving them breath. In that moment, in the panic, they they take it out. Divers who panic will actually attack fellow divers who's trying to help them, who trying to help get the regulator back in or get them to go to the surface. They'll attack them. Every year, over 100 Americans die in deep-sea diving accidents. The number one cause? Panic. Professionals say this. The number one rule when you're diving is don't panic. If you ever feel disoriented, don't panic. You can always tell which way is up. And it's by this simple rule follow the bubbles. The bubbles don't lie. They're going one direction and it's up. They're going towards the light. And that's the title of today's message and the first point follow the bubbles. The bubbles always go to the surface, they always lead to the light. And we need to learn to follow the bubbles. Psalms 119, 105 says, Your word is a lamp to guide my feet and a light for my path. When the devil tries to get us to panic, to disorient us, to tear us apart, to cut us off from our air supply, knock the wind out of us, we need to stay calm and follow the bubbles. This is the bubbles, the Bible it will always, always, always direct us to the light. It always leads us to Jesus. It always sends us in the right direction. The Word of God is meant to lead us, but we get into deep trouble when we try to lead the Word of God. When you were a kid or when you had children they ever have a cup in the tub and you flip it over upside down and you capture the air and then you put it under the water and you take it to the bottom of the tub and you let it go and it shoots to the top? The air desperately wants to go to the surface. But we try to capture it and take it and manipulate it. And what I'm worried about today is a church culture that captures the word of God takes bits and pieces out of context, holds the cup and dives in the wrong direction, and uses this to justify your behavior. Because look, you can make the Word of God say whatever you want to. You can. Some of you might remember the Bible code, the the whole thing that came out that said there's a secret code in the Bible, and you can do all this, and oh man, and you can make that thing say anything you want. You know? That's not using the Word of God correctly. Taking verses out of context doesn't help us. We cannot use this to justify our behavior and thinking. This is to change, to confront our way of thinking, to guide us where God wants to take us. We got to let the bubbles free and follow the bubbles and not try... To force God's word to go to a place that we can't. Because here's what happens. If you manipulate God's word, you'll eventually dive to a place that's dark, that's alone, where you're isolated. And eventually the pressure is going to do one of two things. Because God's words, it, it won't be manipulated. It's going to be set free from this. Under a certain amount of pressure, this cup would break. And the air would rush to the surface. Or you'll lose your grip and the cup turns upside down, and now you find yourself alone, lost, gone in the wrong direction. We need to follow God's word, church. How does this all apply to our main portion of scripture? John said to Jesus, teacher, we saw someone using your name to cast out demons, but we told him to stop because he wasn't in our group. Jesus responded, don't stop him. No one who performs a miracle in my name will soon be able to speak evil of me. Anyone who is not against us is for us. Just a few passages back in Mark. Remember, Jesus took three of his disciples up on a mountain for a camping trip. And while they were up there, nine of the disciples were left down. And what happened is, is there was a, a father who brought his son in desperate need of Healing. And went to the disciples and said, I brought my son to Jesus, can you help us? And they missed an opportunity because they let their prayer life lack. They weren't having their personal prayer life. They were left, they, they weren't prepared for the opportunity to connect someone to the spirit of God. Instead, those nine disciples argued with the culture. There's a cancel culture, but guess what? It's not a new thing. It's been around since the very beginning of time. And it was definitely around in Jesus's day. There are always people who want to cancel the church. Don't miss the opportunity that God has for us. And now we find just a few verses later, here's John, and he's almost almost trying to justify, like he's almost trying to go, but Jesus, look, look what I'm doing now. Look how good I'm doing ministry now. I mean, I may have blew it just a week ago, but now look what I'm doing, Jesus. Look what I did. I saw someone using your name to cast out demons. I was like, you can't do that. You're not part of our group. God can't use you. But Jesus corrects him, which brings us to point two. Stop turning on one another. Stop turning on one another. Following Jesus and effectively doing ministry is hard enough. Plus, we've got a devil who's throwing everything, including the kitchen sink, at us. The last thing that we need to do is turn on one another. Who is Jesus directing this statement to? When he talks in Mark chapter 9, verse 42, where he starts talking about, but if you cause one of these little ones uh, who trusts in me, to fall to sin, it'd be better for you to be thrown into the sea with a large millstone hung around your neck. Then he goes on to talk about if you're, if you're sinning with your hand, it's better for you to cut it off. If you're sinning with your eye, it's better for you to gouge it out. By the way, I don't think Jesus is actually telling us to go home and self-mutilate to later today. That's not what he's doing here. He's trying to say how serious sin is in our life. And what is this directed to? It's not directed to the world. It's not directed to our culture. It's directed to John and the disciples. The people who knew Jesus best, who were doing ministry, who were reaching into people's lives. Jesus says, if you cause one of these young ones, he's not talking about a literal, actual child. He's talking about someone young in their faith. If you cause someone who's seeking me to walk away from the kingdom, woe to you. That same warning applies to you and I this morning. Like, Pastor, I thought that we came to church to be filled with hope. This is getting serious pretty quick. I get that. But God's on a mission this morning. He wants to get something done. And if we're not careful, we're missing. We're missing it completely. We're disguising it. We're capturing God's word. Instead of God letting God's word guide us, we're capturing it and saying, all we've got is what's in the cup. God wants us set free by the entire word of God. And we can't turn on one another. Today, a majority of the American church is lost. They're confused, they're panicking, and yes, I believe they're turning on each other. Arguments are happening all across America this morning in churches who are upset about all sorts of different things. But the thing that should be driving their heart, the thing that they should be upset the most about doesn't even register on the radar. A huge part of the American church has lost their way and are absolutely not effective in doing ministry. And they're definitely not effective in doing the one thing that matters, connecting people to Jesus. Instead, it seems that the church culture, at least the American church culture, is more concerned about conspiracy theories than we are about connecting people to Jesus. We're more concerned about political agendas than we are about connecting people to Christ we're more concerned about personal preferences than connecting people to Jesus. We're more concerned about hearing a message on Sunday that entertains us and makes me feel important than we are about reaching people for the kingdom. We're more concerned about finding justification for our personal feelings and agendas than we are about connecting people to Christ. And the American church today is flirting right on the edge of falling right into the devil's hands. The church culture today in America is losing its witness, its credibility, and its effectiveness. Really, church, what has happened over the last two years in America is God has allowed the American church to experience what the rest of the church culture across the globe has been dealing with for generations. And when the rest of the church looks at the American church, do you know what they're saying? We don't understand why you guys are so busy complaining instead of doing the work of the kingdom because we've been doing it for generations. I took a phone call this last week. No, not this last week. I'm sorry. It was probably about five weeks ago. I took a phone call. It was from an individual that was leaving the church that they were attending. They weren't happy with the way they were conducting themselves, and I'm not going to get into the specifics of that. A lot of it had to do with how they were adjusting to doing ministry in the pandemic. I don't go to this church. I don't know the details. This individual informed me that they had been a leader in the church for a long time, and they were looking for a church uh, that they could plug into. They asked me a question. What is the top priority for your church? I got an answer for that. I didn't have to think about it. I'm like, preaching the word, reaching the lost. The individual asked me, well, tell me about about what's happening. How are you doing that? So I began to share about some of the things God had done during our season in drive-in church, and I shared a story of salvation about an individual that got saved during that period of time. At the end of our conversation, this person on the other end of the line said this to me, salvations are great, but that's not what I'm looking for in a church. What are we doing? What are we doing, church? What are we doing? Someone who said they're a leader in the church, salvations are great, but that's not what I'm looking for in a church. You're not looking for a church. Guys, we've got an opportunity here. I'm going there, Lord. If you're saying to yourself that this, that a mask is hindering you from experiencing God and reaching people, that it's too much of a sacrifice, you've not read this. And I'm sorry if you're offended by that. My savior took off his kingliness to put on a flesh suit and walk among us. That's sacrifice. When they came for him and got him out of the garden and they took him and tortured him and beat him and put a crown of thorns on his head, that was sacrifice. Sacrifice when they made him carry his cross up a hill, when they nailed him to the wood and embarrassed him, that was sacrifice. This is nothing. Yet it tears churches apart, and we're fighting over this while people in our streets, in our very community here in Ripon and surrounding communities are going to hell and have no idea that there is a Savior who loves them and wants to connect with them. What are we doing? What are we doing? This week, our church got brought up in a community post on What's Up Ripon. Some of you were interacting on that. I don't, I'm not on that page. My wife is. And we decided we wanted to see what would happen. It's not like we were, weren't wanting to engage. But I wanted to see what the community was going to talk about. An individual was talking about finding a church for them and their family. They had had some issues in the past. They were concerned. A couple of people said, you should really check out Hillside Church. In fact, somebody, I think, said it that doesn't even go to our church, which is pretty cool. <laughs> You should check this church out. But something that had happened some 15 years ago, I guess, got brought up. It began to be kind of this discussion back and forth. 15 years ago. We're not the same church that we were 15 years ago. But should the Lord tarry 15 years from now, The decisions, the choices, our behavior, how we act will impact the credibility of our witness in this community. I am not sorry for prioritizing the lost. And I am not sorry for preaching the word of God. And I want to make a statement here this morning for you here, but also for anyone watching online. You are welcome in this place no matter what your past or your present is, you are welcome here today. If you want to come and just see if this thing called Jesus, if this thing called faith is even real, we welcome you here. Come and experience it. If you want to build authentic relationships, great. But, but maybe I don't believe like you. Maybe I, 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 you don't know my past. You don't know my baggage. We all got baggage in this room. There's probably not a greater sinner in this room than your pastor. I got baggage, but I've been set free by the blood of Jesus Christ. I'm not ashamed to lift up the name of my Savior and to show what He's done with a broken individual. He's made me whole. So you're welcome to come. You're questioning things like like your sexuality and, and, and you're dealing with issues or addictions. You're welcome in this place. Because this isn't a cruise ship. This isn't a golf course. This is a hospital for people who need the message of hope. You are welcome here. Church, I'm not even going to go into the rest of my message. We'll pick it up next week if that's what the Lord wants. We got to stop listening to the crazy stuff. And we got to start following the bubbles and listening to this. This crazy stuff that's on people talking about you can't get saved if you get the vaccine, if you wear a mask, you don't have faith. And oh, and here's my favorite one that's new. A somewhat highly regarded church leader on a national broadcast said that the church's mission right now should be to raise up militias to go to civil war. What a dingling. I'm sorry. That's not what this teaches. I'm sorry. I'm choosing to follow the bubbles. I'm not getting caught up in this craziness. Not when our community needs us to be examples of faith. Church, would you stand to your feet? Worship team, would you come back? The smartest man that ever walked the face of this planet said, there's nothing new under the sun. And while a lot of people will try to convince you that the things that we're facing in our world today It's the darkest point in history. No one ever had to deal with all these issues that are happening. I want to tell you, everything that we're dealing with in our culture today, everything that we're dealing in our culture today, Jesus dealt with in the time that he was here on earth. Absolutely. And I'm going to bring this up because, look, in the last few months, I've been accused of a lot of things. That's fine. Whatever. Because I haven't taken a more vocal stance in some political issues and those kind of things, I've, people have said things about me. I want to be very clear. Those who know me know the truth. I know this is the big hot button issue right now in the church abortion. It's been that way for a long time. I am not for abortion, make that very clear but I want to tell you something. Jesus dealt with the abortion issue. There's this lie in the church that this is a new issue that just emerged in the last 200 years. Do you know abortion was common in the Roman culture? Do you know that the Jews that Jesus ministered to, there was a good, good possibility that many of them had possibly had an abortion because it was free to them. When you were in the Roman Empire, whether you were a slave, a a, a merchant, or at the highest echelon of leadership, abortion was available to you. Jesus didn't even mention it once. And it's not that he's saying he was for it. You know what he said? I'm after the lost. Because how can somebody, how can someone who doesn't know Jesus live up to a moral code of saying I'm gonna li- I'm gonna live like I'm following Jesus without Jesus you can't do it we know that but yet we somehow we think that we gotta do that for somebody we gotta lay that on them we'll yell at politicians and everything else and yes I'm not happy with a lot of things that are happening in our country either but do we pray for them and I mean pray for them that they would find Jesus because Jesus loves them Amen. oh man I'm gonna say it Jesus loves President Biden, died for him on the cross, and he loves President Trump and died for him. I'll be really honest, and this is my personal opinion, All right, I probably will offend someone. Both of these men are flawed. Just like you and me. We need Jesus. And we need a movement that brings us back to the king, that lights a fire in his people so that we can reach the lost. Come on. That's what church is about. So would you lift your hands? I want to pray for you. Lord, we got a moment here in time to correct ourselves. Lord, if we've had the wind knocked out of us, we've been spun around, we've been confused. Lord, and maybe we've taken that out on our spouse. Maybe we've taken it out on our kids, on our neighbors, on our coworkers. Lord, maybe we've taken that out on each other. John, in this moment where he thought he was wise, told somebody, stop stop praying for people to experience Jesus because you're not a part of our group. But your answer is, is, why stop them? (laughs) Lord, if we're hindering people from following you by our responses, by our attitudes, by what we're doing, then God, bring us to our knees to a place of repentance because we're called to do life together. We can't nitpick and And Lord, I worry about a church that complains far more than we pray. Lord, we've got two great opportunities throughout this summer to hit our streets with prayer and praise miles. I believe that can change our community. It can also help us get healthier. We could lose a little bit of weight, which wouldn't be bad for a lot of us. And Lord, we're going to gather together in this place and pray on Wednesdays to see you move I don't want it to be a place of complaining I want it to be a place where we raise the name of Jesus because as we raise the name of Jesus you say you will draw all men unto you Lord may this house may this place be a place where your name is celebrated and God among your people may we do life together and Lord if we need to go apologize to somebody if we need to make things right Lord Let us do that today. Let us make the phone calls, the text messages, get face-to-face to make things right. Lord, if we failed you in some way in our response this last season, Lord, we apologize to you and we repent for that. Lord, set us ablaze with the Holy Spirit, with the power of your word as we follow the bubbles. God, you're going to be faithful to lead us into people's lives and to help them connect with you. We give you praise, glory, and honor. If you believe that, church, would you say amen? Let's worship God together.
2: This is my story. This is my story. This is my song. Praising my Savior. Savior, all the day long, blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Blood. This is my story. i um. of the lamb and the word of our testimony we have been redeemed by his blood and we have a story to tell this is my story this is my song praising my savior all the day long as we close out our time of worship this morning i'd like to pray this prayer for you that paul prayed for the church at ephesus let's pray I pray that out of His glorious riches He may strengthen you with power through His Spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power, together with all God's holy people, to grasp how wide. And long and high and deep is the love of Christ and to know this love that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God and all the people of God said amen receive that today church as you go in the love of God as we do life together Let's sing, Savior. Savior, worthy of honor and glory. To be an overcomer, we will overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. Everyone, overcome. We will.